Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Outcast Broadcast. This is our third episode. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, <laughs> wherever you are, whatever time zone you are. This is, of course, The Count. And I'm Scully. Today we're going to be talking about a few things. We're going to be talking about the Black Dahlia murder, not the band. There's a band? Yes, there is a, a shitty hardcore band. I Sorry. Sorry for <laughs> anyone that likes to play time. I had no idea. And then... Uh, we are going to be talking about maritime ghost stories or Mar ghost stories on the sea that's gonna be an interesting one for me i think yeah that's gonna be definitely interesting for you it'll and be fun I we'll think be we're, oh go ahead i think we're gonna be talking a little bit about the queen mary too just a little bit yeah anything things concerning boats and, and then water yeah and to finish it off we'll be talking about underwater yes the new movie that just came out this january um so yeah here we go Before we go into this next segment, I do want to give a quick disclaimer. We will be talking about uh, sexual assault, um, and we will be describing some very graphic um, crime scene photos. So if this isn't what you're into or your, your kind of true crime story, uh, you can fast forward about 20 minutes from now because that's going to be the whole segment. So here we go. January 15th, 1947. It's morning on the vacant street of South Norton Avenue, which is today a busy and very integral part of downtown Los Angeles. On this day in 1947, though, it is a vacant lot in an undeveloped neighborhood, which a greasy and famous crime scene is just coming in light. Elizabeth Short, born on July 29th, 1924, was found cut in half with her body drained of blood. Other mutilations, such as cutting her mouth open to make a grim smile, and cutting off her left breast had also been done to her remains. Her torso and legs posed in what seemed to be a grotesque nude embrace. Although Elizabeth Short had moved to Los Angeles merely a year before from her native home of Boston, Massachusetts, she was a young woman who aspired to be an actress, yet she would achieve fame for her murder as the story of the Black Dahlia began to bloom within the tabloids. A story of a naive, beautiful girl looking for fame but becoming part of the darkness in the City of Angels. The case remains unsolved to this day, and legend has only continued to grow with every retelling. But this question remains. Who killed Elizabeth Short, and what happened in the week that she disappeared? So yeah, the Black Dahlia. Um, for me, uh, I, I enjoy true crime too, you know. Um, I know that Scully's kind of wheelhouse because she's the one that's more into it. But um, when, when was the first time that you heard about Black Dahlia? Uh, I, I honestly couldn't tell you, but I remember it. I remember VH1 used to air these um, like documentary style things. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm pretty sure it was from VH1 or either E! News because they used to do a true crime story, mm -hmm. like true East true story or something like that. And they used to talk about crime as well. And I think it was then that I first heard about the Black Dahlia. And I just remember being very intrigued, um, not in the fact that it was a murder case, but more just the way that she was found. Yeah. The I, everything about this is just so dramatic. And it was like one of the first, definitely the first modern murder of the 1900s Yeah, that like caught people's attention. And, you know, back then um, I was reading kind of as I, as I was um, researching it, that they used to name murders back then. Yeah, because, like Jack the Ripper, you know, just when murders started coming up, I think they had to identify them. Yeah, so they gave it, they gave it a name. And, um, yeah, you know, that's so funny that you talk about E! True <laughs> Story yeah. and like VH1. Because, you know, I realized, like, we're kind of spoiled today with, like, the ID channel. Just specifically for crime, do you know? If yeah, crime, like true like, crime. Like I there's... think Oxygen does that too, which I, yeah. I don't remember Oxygen being that way. Back in the 90s, though, or especially the early 2000s, mm -hmm. like you had like Unsolved Mysteries, America's Most Wanted, E, maybe maybe VH1 when they weren't showing like other obscure kind of stuff. Yeah. But that was literally <laughs> it. But anyway, going, so, uh, but going back to the Black Dahlia, this is, uh, for me, I think my story about when I found it, it was, I was a teenager- and I had actually ended up reading one of the books 
Um, and uh, I was just, this is what really got me into true crime because I, you know, I thought my ass was going to be the one to be like, I'm going to solve the Black Dahlia case. Like, I mean, you know, who probably has it? You know, like, a lot of people think that, oh, I have this new clue that nobody knows. And, you know, it's. There's, there's something about a mystery and especially unsolved mystery of this caliber that's just so crazy because, okay, like to go back in there and I'm not, you know, not trying to get too detailed, but she really, really was just mutilated. Oh, she was absolutely just, I mean, that's, I think that way that she was killed uh, for me was kind of a way to humiliate her. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of just feel like whoever, I feel like whoever killed her mm -hmm. wanted to possess her like so much mm -hmm. that he ended up having to kill her because he couldn't bear the thought of somebody like that in this world like i mean i don't know this guy was obviously a madman oh yeah that's the, that's the whole thing that's the thing that's kind of crazy though is that this guy was a madman he was trying to say something but definitely. He, he was also most definitely someone of intelligence because I, they said it was surgically done. Like I believe he was a surgeon for sure. Yeah, because the way that, that she was bisected, which means cut in half, was literally perfectly done. Yeah. So I know that there's been so many people that have talked about, I mean, there's been so many leads to this case. And I know that the biggest one that I think could be true is a guy... Uh, his last name is Holden, I believe. Uh, Steve Holden. I, yeah, I Steve Holden. He his believed, dad was George Holden. Yeah. He believes his father did it. And there's actually some really compelling evidence because I know that there's like a voice thing or like a they, they had actually tapped his phone. And he oh, said, really? yeah, he was saying, suppose I did kill the Black Dahlia. There's no way that I could prove it now. And my, my secretary is the only one that knows. And now she's dead. That's literally something that they heard from that. But... They, there was never any concrete thing to hold him to the case. Yeah, I mean, I think back then, because there wasn't so much, uh, you know, like forensics and things like that, DNA, mm -hmm. um, it was a lot more difficult to determine if somebody was guilty or not, just with, you know, um, like we said previously in a, in a past uh, episode, it was very easy to get away with murder back in the day. Oh, yeah. De you know? I mean, most definitely. I mean, like with this, you know, like there could have been DNA, but there, there was just so many rumors about this case. Like, the first, uh, you know, so many people were saying that she was a prostitute, that she had been. And I, I did hear that she had been, from the book I read, there supposedly was a pornographic film that she had been in. I believe I read that also somewhere, but I don't. But, get, but then get this. There was also a rumor that she had been born with basically genitalia that did not age with her. So that her, her vagina was literally too small to have sex with with a full grown man. There was a rumor about that as well. And this then the, the, and the first I hear. Yeah, that. it's so crazy because I've been researching it because I knew that we were going to talk about it. And then that was a rumor. But then even the even the coroner had to come out and say that that was not true, that, yes, her, her vagina was um, small, mm -hmm. as they can say, because she was just a small woman. She was short. I yeah. And, and that kind of thing, you know, just a description of the Black Dahlia. She had raven hair. She had really, really snow white kind of skin. And, yeah. you know, beautiful colored eyes. I think they were blue they were or green. Blue. Yeah, they were blue. Uh, you know, red lips. For all intents and purposes, she was kind of like a snow She white. was a 1950s bombshell, like the brunette Yeah, bombshell. even though this was 47. But. The, uh, yes, of course. But in bringing back then, being light-skinned and blue eyes with dark hair, I think, was was the, uh, the femme fatale kind of thing that people were into back then. And yeah. I think she really attracted people in that way. But... Looking at these pictures, she was, you know, I feel very, I feel really bad that this person came to Los Angeles to become an actress mm -hmm. and not even, like, not even a whole entire year later, you are found completely naked, um, cut in half. And I mean, these pictures really tell you exactly what, what happened. Yeah, she was found. It definitely seemed like a crime to where someone was trying to make a statement. We do know that she was unfortunately. I mean, a lot of the things that people that knew, um, that knew Elizabeth Short, the Black Dahlia. She actually got the name Black Dahlia, they think, because there was a murder crime mystery um, called the Blue Dahlia, 
that had come out okay. as a book before. Mm -hmm. and, but she also just got the Black Dahlia. I, funny enough, I didn't even know that the Black Dahlia was a real flower. Yes. Until Spider-Man Homecoming. Really? No, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's okay. Or no, excuse me, Spider-Man Far From Home, the second mm -hmm. one where he gets uh, the Black Dahlia for Mary Jane. Yeah. And I was like, dude, what? Like, that's an actual flower? That's oh so Oh my god, cool. spoilers. Whatever, you know. <laughs> Just kidding. This Mary Jane, <laughs> this Mary Jane's not taking anyone's shit, and she's all about true crime. <laughs> Mary Jane Watson would listen to our podcast. She would. Let me tell you that. She would review. Mary Jane, you know what? I'm just going to say, she's a fictional person. Mary Jane Watson does listen to the Outcast broadcast, and so does Peter Parker. You think so? Spider-Man listens to I don't this. think Peter Parker has it in his tiny little stomach to stomach what we talk about. I think he would listen to it just because Mary Jane, Mary listens, Jane listens to, it, to it. it. And he wants to be kind of like, oh, you yeah. know. Um, you know, Flash Gordon <laughs> probably listens to, but that, who cares about that shit? But back to the reason <laughs> that she was called the Black Dahlia, uh, she was known to wear flowers in her hair. Like one flower back in the 40s with her hair curled and just the flower. Um, but yes, that's she got the nickname Black Dahlia because of that blue that blue dahlia yeah that's that was that's a major thing um they someone did say that uh there was a store owner who was used as a witness and he was the one that coined the black dahlia to one of the journalists because he said that's what his boys or the patrons around mm -hmm. them called him and i hate to say it but she was known as I don't want to say floozy because that's like slut shaming and that kind of stuff. But back then she was a person that supposedly she had a weakness for guys in uniform. There was okay. a lot of men coming back from World War II. There was a lot of people, um, you know, that she was attached to romantically, but not in the sense of like, that's her, her boyfriend. They were all like flings. She was, I think not, not a, not a, vagabond but she did move around she she was going from place to place in los angeles and i think she just cut los angeles is the kind of place that will chew you up and spit you out if you don't know how to play the game especially if you're a person that's coming from a small town thinking i'm yeah. gonna go to Ella. i'm gonna los angeles and be a star you know like massachusetts like, you're coming from massachusetts but she came from boston yeah but i mean california is its own like los angeles especially it's its own little like planet over there because yeah. i mean as much as people like to put all of us together that are californians like oh it just must be from like la and they're like so cool and you like meet movie stars like every <laughs> corner and it's like i live in the fucking desert <laughs> okay yeah. i live in the ie it's not like that but i think when you're not prepared for that kind of life you're gonna get lost yeah and i think unfortunately it just this this one always tugs at my heartstrings because she was just so naive. She was so innocent. She, she didn't really, really know. Yeah, a lot of people describe her as being very innocent, very naive. Um, they think that maybe she did get mixed up in the sex trade. There is no confirmation that yeah. she was mixed. However, I will say that the last person to see her was a guy that she was seeing that was married. It was his mistress. It was the mistress. It's the forties. Um, very a lot of men weren't very honest men. Um, but it's also one of those things where, because the golden age of of Hollywood, especially mm -hmm. when you want to become an actress, unfortunately, a lot of the agencies, the men that are, hey, we'll give you this contract, you just gotta give me a a handsy, you know? Well, yeah, like they, it was very sex. A handsy. <laughs> That's was, what they called it back then. <laughs> it was give me a handsy. It babe. was yeah, pay me with sex, and I will make you a star. And I think what that's call, what she was trying to achieve. What would they call blowjob back then? A blowy. A blowy. No, that's that seems a little bit too crass for the forties and the back then. A liquor. Give me a give me a Hoover there, sweetie. Uh, you know, yeah. Show me yeah. those gams. Hoover. Show oh. me those gams. <laughs> Show me those gams. No, but see, okay, so the, the, the direct thing is called, the guy was named Robert Red Manley. He was a 25-year-old married salesman that she'd been dating. Prior to her being dropped off at the Biltmore Hotel, where she was supposedly meeting her sister, by anyone, there was actually witnesses at the Biltmore that said that she used the phone, was supposed to be meeting her sister there, or something to that matter. Um, Elizabeth? Yeah, Elizabeth Short, the Black Dahlia. This was uh, this happened on um, literally like a week before she was found. Yeah, okay. this was on January 9th. She wasn't found until January fifteenth. I think I think the, the whereabouts from the 9th to the fifteenth are what's blurry, right? Yeah, and no one knows. No, and there's that's where all the speculation comes from. All the speculation. 
And, um, you know, there's no, the funny thing is, is they had met with the sister. The sister was never really in town. That's why I, that sounds a little strange to me because as far as I knew, I thought she was the only one in town from her family. But this case is such like a game of telephone. Like it's been 1947. So it's been many, many years since this happened. A lot of things probably have been added into these stories that aren't probably so true. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, these facts that we are gathering from online aren't true, please you know, we apologize. This is just the things that we found within our research that we're just laying out here. For well, I mean, if you guys think you guys know the answers, I'm not trying to be like combative and that kind of stuff. If you guys think you know the answers, please give me where you guys are getting your information because we looked up information and that's the whole thing is that this is, everyone has a different story of what they think like all Especially is. with this very, yeah. very famous because, case. So get this, so it was also, there was so many, which is kind of crazy because we think of uh, the 60s and the 70s being the advent of the serial killer when really serial killings have been going on forever, Definitely. but they just haven't been noticed. So there was this, there was these things called the Ohio torso murders. I um, remember hearing about yeah, those. Yeah, which, which happened from like 1935 to 1948. And they were very, very, very similar to the Black Dahlia case. They literally only found torsos. torsos. Yeah. And they were usually of women. And they have been, of course, mutilated, beaten. I mean, who's... Torso. Just finding a torso is just so weird to me. Like like things without like heads, things cut in half. You know, I could do no arms, no legs, like if I saw that. But like things, something cut in half, something with no head, like that just freaks me out. There's just something about that that inherently. So she was connected to that, but there were so many things that, that she was connected to. I mean, that, that was just one of the killings. Um, there was also another, there was also another one that was uh, actually in L.A., where the murder, it was in 1947, the murder of Jeanne French in Los Angeles, in which the there was a lipstick on the stomach saying, fuck you, BD, and then the letters text below. Now, a lot of people say that BD stands for Black Dahlia. Hmm. However, a lot of people said, thinks it says, fuck you, PD, which means police department. I'm probably going to go ahead and go with PD, police department. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I think... Just a lot, there's been a lot of hostility hostility towards police departments mm -hmm. um, in, in you know, with time. Well, and the, and the interesting thing enough is, and these are all things I really urge you guys, if you guys like true crime, look up the torso murders. And, um, you know, like the GM French murder and that kind of stuff. Because these are murders that are going on all around the same times. You know, um, a lot, we hear about Black Dahlia, but that's just because she has such a rumor and such... You know, um, legends around her. It's a like, very famous LA case. Yeah, yeah, for instance, she was supposed to frequent the Cecil Hotel, which is um, where Lisa Mann's or uh, uh, the the. I, I apologize, I did not find her name right now, but the one where she was found in the water tank, and they have video of her acting erratically. Eliza Lamb. Eliza Lamb. Elisa, sorry. Elisa Lamb. Elisa Lamb. Mm -hmm. um, that you know, and there's just been so many that that hotel in itself is a completely different thing that we will talk about probably sometime on a paranormal case. Uh, because that, you know, but she frequented there. However, I do want to say one thing. Okay, so the guy, so the guy, Steve Hodel, which believes that it was his father, father, or believes that, that he knows more about this case and that kind of stuff. His father was a surgeon. We already said what he said about it when they tapped his phone. Mm -hmm. um, but he also believes that there could be a, um, a connection to these called things, the, the things called lipstick murders. That happened in Chicago. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so there was this guy named Captain Donahoe. I call him Donahue, but that's just not. <laughs> Donahue is just like that. Um, so the person the person that was killed was Suzanne Degnan in okay. Chicago, Illinois, right? This was what year? This was in 1946. Okay. So okay. just a year prior to Yeah, yeah just, so actually just a few months prior. Oh, wow. And then... That, like, what's crazy is, so the Black Dahlia was found on Norton Avenue. Yes. Which is three west, from three blocks west of Degnan Boulevard, which oh. is the last, Degnan, Degnan is the last name of, of the, the one. Previous. Yeah. And they were definitely, definitely, like, connections with that, connections with the murder. Were they they seem to be like Yeah, they're, they're totally mutilated and that kind of stuff. And then both people had, both times, 
police have gotten a, a notes from the killer. And one was even like burn this for her safety. And it was actually a piece of clothing that Degnan had on that they could corroborate. And from that note, they could corroborate that with what Black Dahlia was sending with the Black Dahlia one. And he even made like the same peas or something like yeah. that. Oh, he was trying so, to cross-reference his father's writing. Yeah, yeah. With the ones that were left from the murders. Yeah, right? and yeah, and what's crazy is they think that whoever had written those notes was actively kind of trying to change their writing or maybe had even done it with the left hand so it even i think i really think it was hodel i think it was hodel at this point like i don't i mean i'm not there's just so many so many possibilities with who could have done this i do believe it was a surgeon i mean it was the if these these cuts are done so finely for the period yeah um there was no blood, you know, her blood had been drained from her body. That, that's as one thing. As well yeah. as mm-hmm. the Glasgow smile, the famous Glasgow smile from, from cheek to cheek. Yeah, where her cheeks were um, cut to make And the... her right breast, or her left breast, I believe, was, like, skinned off. Yeah, it was, I mean, so it's literally, for all intents and purposes, cut off. cut off. Yeah. And, and, I mean, to just, to just, I feel like that's just something that I want to humiliate you even in your death, like, I want you to look the worst kind of, like, worst. It was definitely destruction. Naked, it was destruction you know? in all kinds of sense. She was nude. Um, I think that the nudity always speaks to They did not believe, from what they could find, that there was... That's the whole thing. The sexual assaults have always been part of this. Mm-hmm. But they did not believe that at the time that she was killed, mm-hmm. she had been sexually assaulted. Yeah. However, they do not know just because the body was in such so, terrible shape. Yeah. You know, however, the crazy thing is, is that it was in such terrible shape and the virtue that, I mean, it was cut in half. Yeah. Um, some of her organs were missing. Well, but I would have, oh my God, this is just, ugh. I know. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things to where it's just like, it's so sad that this had to happen to someone and whatever you believe of the legends, um, really, I, I just think that she, she achieved fame, but it's just so sad that she had to do it in this fashion that it was done for her in this fashion yeah and i think it just kind of shows that she will always be a part of los angeles now but at the same time i think it's really an allegory for the dangers of what metaphor like symbolically yeah this is what la can do to someone yeah like i said it Chews you up and spits you right, yeah, but right the, out. I mean, I legitimately. Mean, I mean, like, she was literally cut in half, mutilated, and spirit. I think this is what LA does to a lot of people spiritually. <laughs> you <laughs> know, I I feel like LA has has a way of diminishing your spirit in a little. Like, if you're looking if, for easy fame, yeah. If you're if you're not willing to work for it, it's it's not. You know, uh, but I think that she really was. She really was trying. You know, she she got headshots. She got she went to auditions. You know, things like that. But you know, I think. Just uh, with Black Dahlia, with this with this crime scene, with this crime story, um, there's just a lot of different takes on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever you guys feel, feel free to let us know. Um, but, you know, this is just, we just wanted to talk about this one because it is unfortunately a, a L.A. crime stable. Yeah, you know? it absolutely is. Which you could even take a, which you could even take a uh, tour now for it. So with, Ending yes. with that, Deadly we departed in Los Angeles. Yes, <laughs> we we gave you uh, some time. So, um, anyway, with that, we just want to give cheers to Elizabeth Short. May you rest in peace. Yeah, I hope she's happy wherever she's at. Yeah, and um, you know, we actually do love LA. So, shout out to the City of Angels. Just don't try to become famous from yeah. a small town. And do your research easy. before you come here. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it's rough out here. All right. The ocean and large bodies of water have always been the subject of legends, mysteries, and the supernatural. Whether you believe in sea serpents, sirens, mermaids, or ghost ships, we all can agree that the ocean is an entire other world outside of the world of the one we inhabit. And just like our world, those who have passed on while sailing on water have been spotted and have their own stories grow around their supposed spirits. Whether it's seeing ghosts in the dark waters of the ocean, tales of ships with a crew of the damned, or even of places and ocean liners that have colorful and bloody histories, we do know one thing. 
Not even the sea or lakes are safe from ghost stories. Ghost stories on the sea. Mm -hmm. SpongeBob. <gasps> the Flying Dutchman. I actually love Dude. It's so funny yes. because I love that episode. God. I could literally talk about SpongeBob for hours. I have the talent of applying everyday normal seas uh, back to SpongeBob. Yes. Yes. And there's and it goes with what we're talking about. Ghost stories in the sea. We're talking about those kind of things. The and sea. The sea definitely scares me. Dude, the sea scares the shit out of me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you don't know what the fuck is down there. I don't want to know. I'm I, okay I, with that. Jaws, I think, when I saw it when I was very much younger, fucked me up. Just Do hardcore. Dude, I don't dude. even see you with that. It gets me. I'll even say one time I was uh I was boogie boarding and I was way for some reason I had never really gone like more than twenty feet into the water, but this time I was about forty and fifty feet. I don't even know how I was just boogie boarding, just kind of going waiting for the next wave. And then I look back and my mom's this small little figure on the shore and she's just like waving her hand like I could just imagine her going get the fuck back here get what are you doing you know she knows that I'm not I don't like the sea and at that moment the freaking jaws started hitting, hitting me and i did whatever i could not to panic because <laughs> i'm like holy shit holy shit holy shit like yeah. i need to get out of here i think that's, oh god that's, even now even now it makes me want to like that's the main reason why i don't know how to swim i think subconsciously i don't want to learn how to swim because there's no reason that i'm going to be in the water like okay i mean we live in california me. but if i'm going to go to the beach i'm just going to lay down I'm just gonna lay down. I'm just gonna yeah. tan. I'm gonna get a little tan. I'm gonna get a little tan. Just, like a just, little, just tan. a little tan with my with Starbucks and my Pomeranian. I'm just kidding. We don't even have. I am not a dog person. I would take my cat if I could. Uh, excuse me. We'll take Tino, our wiener dog. Okay, we can take Tino, but Tino will bark at everyone. So going back to ghost stories, what, what I just the, the reason I even bring up our fear of the ocean is because I. You already have one aspect to where the ocean is just so vast that it's scary. Mm -hmm. But then you add ghosts on there. And the, your story, I know, is not necessarily anything that's on the ocean. But no. you, So you had an experience. And keep in mind, Scully is a complete skeptic. I Scully, complete skeptic. Yeah. I don't even know how she admits to this story, to be honest. Yeah. Because I feel like even acknowledging. Which is kind of crazy because I have a story about the Queen Mary too. Now that I think you know, about it. I I I'm thinking about my skeptic my what is how do you say that skepticism skepticism yeah like I if if you follow me on any personal social media like creepy shit that's my shit you know so the fact that I don't really believe in ghosts I don't <laughs> I just sorry I just imagine when you say creepy shit I imagine something like like pickle Rick but it's a shit going pickle creepy Rick. shit <laughs> like, like a little ghost shaped oh like. <laughs> There you go, because I was like, what would a creepy shit even look like? Like a ghost. Sorry, this is where my mind goes. <laughs> Boom! Um, there is something called the ghost poop, though. Ghost poop? Yeah, it's where you, where you go to the bathroom, and then you look, and then it's gone. Like, it already went down the drain. Oh, okay. We've all had that. Let's not lie. <laughs> but anyway. um, so, I, I mean, it's just a really quick story. It happened really quickly. Um, so, I was about eight, seven, eight years old. And my mom, dad, and I, we went to the Queen Mary. And I remember being really excited because my favorite movie of all time is the Titanic. And so I was like, oh my God, I'm going to the Titanic. I'm just going to tell people, like, when I go back to school, I was at the Titanic. Like, this is so fun. But I completely... I completely... It was not fun. Okay. So it was the tour. So Queen Mary all year long, whenever they're open, they always have the ghost like tour or something where they take you to every single part of the ship that has the most activity. And they tell you the story, like this is where so-and-so died like this way. And this is why, where they see them, you know, most activity whatever. And uh, one of the Queen Mary's uh, most activity happens in the pool yeah which is mm -hmm. all the way at the bottom of the ship mm -hmm. like you know um now uh because my my sister i call her my sister my best friend her she and i went maybe like in 2012 okay 2011 we went back um it was around halloween time and uh 
then the pool side is restricted. So you can't go down there anymore unless you're doing the tour. Yeah. Um, from what I remember when I did it when I was eight years old, it was not restricted. So I was like, okay, you know, anything, you can go anywhere, whatever. Um, so we went down to the pool and this lady with her little uniform, like skirt, she was talking like, this is the pool and this is where the most activity is heard. Like people claim that they can hear water splashing because, mm -hmm. you know, like from back then or whatever. And I'm listening to this lady talking and uh, like the corner of my eye, like right behind her, I see like this kid. Um, it was like a little boy because he was wearing, you know, like, like those little, like, um, newspaper hats, like read all about it. Like those <laughs> boys, you know, extra, yeah. Extra. And, um, I'll shine your shoes. <laughs> like, uh, like those golf hats, whatever the fuck they had back then. And he was wearing like 1930s attire, like mm -hmm. from back then. And, um, I was just looking at this kid and I remember looking at my mom and I was trying to tell her, Hey mom, like there's somebody on the other side of this pool. There's a kid over there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, my parents, I'm an eight year old kid. I'm scared. They're not going to listen to me, you know? Um, and then I look back down from looking at my mom and they're no longer there. They're gone. And in my mind, like I was terrified, you know, I was scared because we're talking about ghosts here, but in, I, I somehow made it like, okay, well, maybe it was just a kid that like strayed away from our group and went on the other side. But the way that I remember the pool, like there's, there's no way of going to the other side unless you're going through a gate because now it's gated. Yeah. Um, or from the last time that I remember being there. Uh, but I mean, I was just sort of this, you know, what what kid in our time is wearing that kind of attire? Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. So you got to think of, like, there's something there and you see him. It's kind of like, okay, they're doing a reenactment? Like, are they having yeah. like, this thing? You yeah. know, why would they do it right when we're having... Why would they not do it? Why would we, why would we not know this later? Mm -hmm. Like, why would they not tell us, oh, yeah, they're having a reenactment. Mm -hmm. Like, they do things, like, just in case you see anything. Yeah. And that kind of thing. And that's crazy because that goes in line with what my experience. And the Queen Mary... The Queen Mary was an ocean liner that was, I believe, around the time, a little bit after the Titanic. However, it was used for an ocean liner, and then it became commissioned for um, for either World War One or World War Two, to where it actually had troops on it. I think it was actually both World Wars. That's I, I, why it's such... You guys are welcome to correct us, yeah. but I definitely knew that it became basically like a hospital ship. Yeah. And that's why a lot of... Some of the places are... Um, are definitely haunted by different things. Like the pool does have kids. Like yeah. It does have a kid, mm -hmm. a little boy and a little girl. And also I believe a woman um, ghost that's been yeah. reported there where the other parts of the ship have soldiers saying, you know, people saying that they're hurt or asking for morphine or that kind of stuff. Um, or, you know, you see ghosts of soldiers with bandages on them and that kind of thing. And what's crazy though with us is my memory of the, the queen Mary is this ship is about at least a football field long. And um, I went. Huge. I went, and luckily, for some reason, I believe uh, Blender Magazine or Ink Magazine or someone, one of those magazines, was having a battle of the bands. And this is one <laughs> of the coolest ever memories I have because the the Queen Mary, for public decks, it has about three or four decks. Yeah. And each yeah. deck had a had a had two stages on it. One on the, the front of the Queen Mary, one in the back. Yeah. And so there was like six stages that you could go through. You're all walking and that kind of stuff. Bands going on all the time. How did the it Queen was Mary just, ever allow this? That, no, but get, how? but get this. This is the whole thing that I don't... This is like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. Um. So we got, of course, drunk. And, and you know, at this time, I, I have a very crazy uh, past when it comes to that. I used to drink and party a lot. Uh, anyway, so we were drunk and that kind of stuff. And we were like, you know what? Let's go exploring. And so we go exploring and we go, we go into one of the staircases of the Queen Mary and we're just going, we're, we're finding, we're, we're obviously in a place where we're not supposed to be because legitimately no one is there. Mm -hmm. No one is on the Queen Mary at this point. Yeah. We go all the way down, but we pass through this place where there's like props, okay. like, like where there's props where they keep stuff for like Halloween or like chairs or extra storage. Oh yeah. Cause they go all like, out like, for Halloween. Though. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and it's there. And like, there's like a catwalk that you can walk through when you're on the way to the bottom 
all the way at the yes. bottom because we found out we were all the way at the bottom because they actually had dinner tables set up there because I guess you could have dinner at the bottom of the Queen Mary. That's cool. And that's where like one of the ghost tours goes. Yeah. So we saw that and we're like, whoa, what the hell? Like, what are they doing? Why is there a nice table set up? And anyway, we're trying to we're trying to find our way back, and all of a sudden there's this guy dressed in a bellhop's uniform. And what freaks me out about this the most is he just holds the door open for us and he's smiling. And we all pass through and we're like, thank you. Like we're kind of freaked out because we're like, are we gonna get in trouble? Like this guy's seen us, obviously yeah. he works here. He did not say a word to any of us. Yeah. And all of us were like, oh, he's obviously just dressed up because like, you know, old timey yeah. stuff. One of my friends was back where we came, and so I had to go find her. And when I went back to find her, the bellhop was like legitimately Gone. nowhere. And in my mind, because I'm drunk, I'm just like, oh, he he walked away. Yeah. He went somewhere else. He was yeah. just he's just there. He was just help. He knew that we were just kids. He was smiling at us because we were kids. Uh, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. But come to think of it, he was in that dark room with all the with all the um the props. The props, and there was only one one way in and one way out. Like literally, like like so there was the had... other way my friend would have had to see him, which I asked her, Oh, did you see the bellhop guy? Because I thought he was kind of cool and creepy, and she was like, No, and I was like, Oh yeah, there was this bellhop that closed the door for me. They know that we're down here, we gotta go. But he didn't pass us either. So where yeah, did he go? Because if you if you would have had to go back yeah if anyone knows what a catwalk is yeah it's basically like bridges that are connected Mm -hmm. and he would have either had to gone past my friend or past us Mm -hmm. and he didn't pass either of us so unless he used another door or something then well i'm pretty sure there's maybe i mean again this is my logical you know me trying to like what what if it was just literally some guy that was trying to scare you guys and he hid somewhere else i mean he didn't scare us that's the whole thing yeah well he was trying to i mean maybe but like so grimy ass smile though. Like, that's what I'm saying. And he was in full bellhop uniform. Yeah. I mean, I know people do weird stuff, but that's like some hotel terror, right? Yeah, right yeah. There. No, no, no. It was just really weird because, like, because that's what we were even thinking. Oh, they he must be part of the dinner that's down there, and they must be doing like an old time thing mm-hmm. because he was doing that down there. Yeah. When we find out they don't recreate, and then later on, I come to find out because I actually asked Ron, they don't recreate anything. Mm-hmm. Everyone's in full modern dress. They just let you have dinner down there, and that kind of stuff. So for both missed of those- opportunity, Queen Mary. If you guys had like a recreation, like nineteen thirties, I'd be all over it. But probably not because they charge you up the ass. Yeah. So that's just one. That's just one ghost ship kind of story. And um, I think it's crazy that we both had like things there. Yeah. And like you know, I have to say like because you've never been on a cruise before, right? Never. Probably will. I will get you on a cruise. So <laughs> I, being on a cruise, I do have to say that like it is crazy. For the immense amount of water, excuse me, water that you see around you. Oh no, I can't. Like it is really unseemly, and so this brings me to my next my next ghost story. And this actually has one of the this is one of the most like kind of debated things in the ghost community because this also has a picture that goes with it. And if we can, we'll put it in the description of the uh, podcast. Yeah. But okay, so there was this. There was a ship called the SS um, Watertown. And there was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? SS, SS Watertown. That sails on the water. Flavortown for yeah. the water. <laughs> SS Flavortown. <laughs> Dude, I would go on that cruise. I would go on that cruise. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> SS Flavortown. Yeah. Come on, um, Guy Fieri. You have 24 hours to respond. Yeah, exactly. We challenge you. Create a, now. Create a Flavortown cruise. Where we all have to dye our hair like yours. Um, <laughs> but anyway, no. On the SS Watertown, James Courtney and Michael Meehan were crew members that were um, going... So they were they were on the SS Watertown that was going from New York City to Panama Canal. Okay. And they were uh, going... They were cleaning this place, and then they got overcome by gas fumes. Okay. And so at that time, I mean, this is in 1924, when people die at sea... They're buried at sea, which means yeah. that they they're put in lined, they're put in like linen bags, and then thrown mm-hmm. overboard thrown with overboard. weighted, yeah. with weighted like rocks or whatever mm-hmm. kind of things. So, um, they you know Meehan and uh, Courtney, the two shipmates, they get thrown overboard. Okay, they're mm-hmm. put to rest. Everyone's like, okay, that you know that it's sad, but they don't think anything of mm-hmm. it. A couple of days later, okay, uh, people come to the captain. And are like saying, "Hey, um, and the captain's name is Keith Tracy. This is all. There's records of all of this. Okay. Keith Tracy has people come up to him and saying, "Hey, we are seeing, we are seeing the two shipmates in the waves behind us. Yeah. Everyone had seen that they had seen their faces. Yeah. Only their heads pop out of the water and like watch the ship. 
Yeah. As it sailed away. Okay. And then, or as it went away and that kind of stuff. And like one person came after one person saw it in the night and just got completely shook. Cause I mean, you're thinking you're, you're looking at the water in the ship and then you see, mm-hmm. see, to see two heads floating and then you know that these two guys are dead floating there watching your ship go by like that's imagine if you were in that position i would be like you know what we did not bury them properly. i'd be like i'm sorry like what happened so anyway keith tracy even the captain himself ends up seeing this okay and so he reports it to his people um when they make a stop and they're like if you see it and this is true take a picture of it yeah he buys a photo he, he buys a um camera and he ends up taking about 15 photographs of the phenomenon okay um and send me that picture. Yeah, and he, I do have the picture right here, and I've shown it to you before. And I know that you say it could look like rocks. I'm gonna but post no this way. picture on our Instagram, the uh, Outcast broadcast, so that you guys can see it. Yeah. Um, it's it seems to be a pretty clear picture, but for the times, I mean, keep in mind this was the 20s. There's no way they could have doctored this photo. Yeah. There's absolutely no way. He basically took photos and then right, he put it. It's in his captain log. He put the photo. Excuse me, he put the camera in the safe. Yeah. So no one could have touched it. He took it out. He gave people the camera. He gave people the um, the camera. And then the, the film was developed. And you see clearly what looks like two heads. It, it's a black out. and white photo bobbing out of the water looking yeah. at the ship. Yeah. And this is, I mean, that's super terrifying because things, bodies in the water, I think that's scary, more scary than ghosts being on the actual ship. Yeah, because I think just... This this is a, you you actually did stump me on this one because I was trying to because when I look at this picture it looks like they're rocks like they're like like on the side of this uh, right face it looks like there's rocks so I'm in my mind I'm like okay maybe this just happens to be some rocks and there just happens to look like two faces but. It just clearly looks like two faces. Yeah, I mean, it looks like straight up two faces. And apparently everyone was saying that the faces looked exactly like the two shipmates that they had to put overboard yeah. when they died. So that's just scary because imagine you're just looking at the ocean, looking at the ocean. And, you know, if you've been on the ocean, there, there's no matter what, there's kind of little waves and silhouettes. Mm-hmm. But they said even in calm water, they would be able to see these two pale heads walk, like look up from the ocean yeah. in the wake of the boat and just be looking at it staring. And I mean... I'm looking at this and I'm trying to imagine myself because the picture obviously shows what looks like, even, even if you were mischievous, it looks like two faces. Yeah. You can see the, the dark eyes. Mm-hmm. It, it basically almost looks like skulls because they're, 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 their eyes are dark. Yeah. Their nose are dark. Their mouth is dark. Yeah. So it's like, it just, it just seems really, really creepy. Um, I, mean, I, I guess it's just, it's really hard for me to like not believe that maybe over time these were doctored somehow. These well, those were those, those were put. Those were no. Those were put in the photo. That photo was put in a magazine and newspaper in the twenties. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, there's records of all of that. Yeah. So you know, you can't. You, there's no way you're gonna get me on this one <laughs> to be like maybe giving me some of that disbelief. Yeah. Um, the last one I want to talk to talk to you guys about, and this one is kind of cool. I think it's kind of cool, but it's also kind of sad. Um, is actually from Scully's neck of the woods in Lake Michigan. Oh God. Yeah. Um, um, for those of you that don't know, I was born and raised here in California, but um, in 2008, I moved to Michigan after the recession, and then I moved back here and married my husband. Um, so I was a Michigan native for about 10 years. Yes. So, so. you were, I mean, you were really were in Michigan. For yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyway, um, it, this is in Lake Michigan, and it deals with this tugboat called the SS Kamloops. Well, not, it wasn't a tugboat. It was one of the boats that went was going to and fro, um, okay. that, part of the shipping thing yeah, in yeah, Michigan. Yeah. And they were really, really like trying. boat? Yeah, kind of like a small freight boat. Okay. Um, and it was, oh, excuse me, it was Lake Superior. It was Lake Superior. Lake Superior. Yeah, yeah. So still around those neck of the woods. Um, but they were trying to do, they were trying to do one more, um, like, distribution before winter hit, because I guess, you know, it gets really icy. They're bad winters. Yeah, bad, bad winters. So um, in this, the boat went down. They don't know what went down. A boat by them just said that they got hit by a severe, severe storm. And then all of a sudden they saw something dark raised out of the water. And then the other boat just went missing to the point to where just disappeared. Yeah, there were survivors that were found on an island come spring. 
but they had died. It was only nine of them. Nine people were only recovered out of like the 30. How do you survive a winter that brutal? Well, because the, uh, supposedly the ship didn't really go down right away. So it was actually foundering around. They okay. were able to get to the other island. Okay. But then anyway, the shipwreck was found about 50 years later in 1977. Okay. Because uh, this happened in the 20s as well. And in the ship is still one of the body of the crew members. Which is like this white floating body, and everyone calls him Grandpa or Old Whitey. <laughs> okay. And um, yeah, like like I guess a lot of people are talking about like, oh, we're gonna go visit Old Whitey because only the most experienced divers can go down there. But apparently, what divers report is that Whitey's body, I guess, has been reported to kind of follow them on their dive. What the fuck? And they say that it's like like currents of water, uh-huh. but cur- a lot of people come out and say, well, currents don't work that way. Yeah. And not to mention, they said that they've seen a they've seen a ghost that looks exactly almost like the body in other places of the ship, even when the the body wasn't there. So it's like following them. Yeah, like yeah. So obviously, it's like something's attached to the yeah. ship and that kind of stuff. And there's definitely there's actually been a death there that happened, I believe, in the last two years for diving really? that they had to shut it down for a bit, mm-hmm. and no one knows what happened to the guy. And so yeah, you know what's kind of crazy is even deep underwater, it seems like the unknown. Then, or, you know, spirits and that kind of stuff. Because to me, that's scary. Because imagine, that's where, I mean, divers, you guys have, have to have some sort of set of balls on you. Because Fuck to go never. under yeah. a ship where you know there's a body. And a body has been reported or there's legends of the body just following you. And why he's not supposed to be an angry spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, he's never messed with anyone. Mm-hmm. Even when they see his ghost, he's, they say mostly he's just chilling on his bunk. Okay. It's when they're in bunks that they see him the most. Um, the ghost is on his bunk. Um... Bless you know, you. so he's basically just chilling underwater, just like, what's up? You know, like, hey, y'all. <laughs> welcome to my land. Welcome to welcome to Whitey's crib, you know? <laughs> welcome to my crib. So, I just think it's kind of crazy how ghost stories never really stop, no matter where you are, even underwater. It kind of fucks with my mind a little bit, though, because for me, when I think of ghosts, I think of them only being on land. Yeah. For some reason, I can't picture them on the ocean, unless you watch Ghost Ship. That intro, though... That shit. The, the intro is probably the best thing about the movie. I'm yeah, I mean, lie. the movie. You, sh- you should probably turn it off after the intro. Yeah, the intro is just like, whoa! And then you're like, okay. Dude, like, yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I can't picture ghosts in the ocean. Like, in the ocean. There's one thing that they're in, like, a boat, like Queen Mary. But just two little heads. Well, that's why I wanted to do a boat, a boat, ghosts in the boat, ghosts in the ocean, on top of the ocean, mm-hmm. and then ghosts on the bottom of water. Because to me, that's just all, when you, the, the, Open water itself, whether you're on a huge lake, because I've been to Lake Michigan, yeah, or, and I can only imagine Lake Superior, which is supposed to be even bigger, yeah. Uh, it I looks mean, like an ocean. For all intents and purposes, it's an ocean. I mean, yeah. If you go you to if, if everybody in, Mich- in Michigan calls it the beach, like let's go to the beach because it has kind of like waves. It's the yeah. same. It there's sand and water, which looks like the ocean. I mean, I just I don't picture there being a ghost on the ocean well you know what next time you go to the beach maybe yeah. look in the waves so there's a be a couple of faces peering out at you yeah there's swimmers that are swimming in the ocean drowned swimmers from the people ghosts. it's people it's ghosts it's ghosts. well with that <laughs> you decide you decide if it's people or if it's ghosts it's ghosts people Underwater is a movie that came out in January, and it is directed by William Eubank, as well as written by Adam Kozad and Brian Duffield. Um, it's a movie that's sitting at 40, 46% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.1 out of 10 from IMDb. Six uh, out of 10? 6.1. I mean, well, 6. Yeah. Basically, 6 out of 10. 60%. Um... What did you think of the movie? I want, I want your, you don't really, I, you saw it as like a true, like underwater, like horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot more going on there. Wait, what did I call it the other day? I forgot. I don't <laughs> even know. It was just a, just a fun day on the ocean. Oh what yeah. You're like, fu- you're like a fun day in the ocean or something like <laughs> oh my that. God, I don't remember. Um, well, I thought or it was activity, gonna be... Activities in the ocean, I think is what you call it. <laughs> I think... I was, uh, I kind of played it out to be a little bit more scary in my mind. I have the, I don't like 
underwater and like if I feel that somebody can't breathe in the movie I feel like I can't breathe so it kind of freaks me out but I didn't have that much anxiety watching it because I mean it's the movie is called underwater so you're gonna mm-hmm. think that a lot of shit is gonna hit the fan mm-hmm. which kind of does um I didn't think it was I think it deserves a rating honestly I, I would probably give it like a four out of ten wow um but again, is it okay? But did you not like it, mm-hmm. or what? Did, I mean, like, did it entertain you? If there were parts that you didn't like, obviously there's spoilers for this. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the fact that it was just a straight-on kind of movie. It didn't really give you a background other than what Kristen Stewart was talking about her character, like she was married before and then he died. I mean, engaged and then he died, and like all these things. I mean, I feel like I didn't really care much for them because I didn't know much about them. And then that one girl with the dog that she just got her dog, she annoyed she annoyed the shit out of me. I didn't like her. The one that was in love with the other guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. The British one. I think she was British maybe. I don't know. But I wanted the monster to be there way like Cthulhu. This is the main reason when we watched it. Um, the Count has a huge obsession with Cthulhu. And and say the author and that brought us Cthulhu. HP, Lovecraft. There we go. But I was going to say H.H. Holmes. See, this is how much true crime is in my mind. Um, I kind of wanted him, I kind of wanted Cthulhu to be more in it rather than just like for 10 seconds. Well, the whole movie, to kind of explain it, is it, start, it starts off with action. They're in this oil rig underwater. Or they don't really say that it's oil. They say that they're getting fuels from deep under the ocean, as mm-hmm. deep, basically as deep as you can go in the ocean. Yeah. And they are in a station that is at the bottom of the ocean, and something goes wrong. That's immediately immediately when you see it. And you see Kristen Stewart's character. She's, from the get-go, a person that seems to kind of care more about others than her own. She's safety. And she's quick on her feet. That's what I really yeah. liked. She was very astute. Yeah, yeah. Kristen, I have to say Kristen Stewart in this... Um, I've always been really iffy about her yeah. since Twilight. Yeah. I mean, she. I will say that she was the perfect Bella because even when I was reading the Twilight novels, yes, I did read the Twilight <laughs> oh, novels. We're talking about okay. Twilight right yeah, now. Yeah. No, okay. I bet this is it. She was. <laughs> she was perfect for that role, but I always felt like but Bella is also a really wooden, boring character in the books. I, mean, she's I, a teen. I dislike her. No, she's she's, she's a teen drama. Theme. No, she's trash. But anyway. Um, if you lose your man, please don't lie down in the woods for six months. Don't nothing. don't try to commit suicide. The, Men, the whole Twilight is trash for a lot of reasons, and it teaches teens the wrong thing. Yes, completely the wrong things. But anyway, I don't want to spend time on that. Really, <laughs> is um, in like movies like The Runaways, I thought she was really really good as Joan Jett, and a movie like this, Chef's Kiss, yeah, where her where she's legitimately like not being sexualized because I mean she obviously has like a buzz cut. You don't see her in really sexy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. She's just a, an actor, and I feel like, yeah, she is the one that you learn about the most. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I really like T.J. Miller's character in this, too. And that oh, whole, the goofy guy? Yeah, the goofy guy. Like, T.J. Miller, I feel like at times you either love him or you hate him because he can get really annoying. But in this, his brand of comedy really gave me care about the people. I did not want him to die. I did not want others to die, especially yeah. that little rabbit, that little stuffed rabbit that they kept giving each oh, other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was like this little stuffed rabbit that a person, I forget which character wanted to give. It was his kids, and he wanted to make sure that it got back to his kids. So when someone would die, they would, or like if someone was dying or you wouldn't make it, they would pass on the little stuffed rabbit to another character. Mm-hmm. And that was just a little great addition that I mm-hmm. just was like, aw, you know, like. You like that rabbit. I love that rabbit. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. He's going to cry. Um, He's about to cry. I'm not. I, I have <laughs> something in my eye right now. I have flavor town in my eye. <laughs> but um, anyway, like, so any, the whole thing is, is obviously something is attacking the rig that they're in, the base that they're in. Yeah. They try to get out. That's when they realize, holy shit, there's creatures in the water. Mm-hmm. And the creatures are like, kind of like these like half human, um, like with a human torso, but with like a squid like squid legs kind of thing almost like an ursula except not obese they reminded me <laughs> okay well well i'm just saying it's true like ursula was obese man like hey no don't you dare stop recording <laughs> we're doing it live we're doing it live no but like but no seriously though because they were like they were like these quasi like weird monsters to, they're, they're, 
there was an homage to Alien in it, which I thought was really awesome. Yes, they reminded me of a mixture of, what, what are they called? Xenomorphs. Xenomorphs. Yeah. And the Demogorgons from Stranger Things. Okay, okay, like, yeah, if those if those and were, like, the, mixed with squids. And the monster from uh, A Quiet Place. Kind of reminded me of a mixture of all those things. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the thing is with the monsters is that you never get real true, like, clarification other than they're blind. We know yeah, they blind. go by sound. Yeah, we know they're blind. Sound isn't a huge thing in this. It's just that they're they're deep underwater. I mean, obviously, and, if they can hear you, they're going to know where you're Yeah, on. yeah. But, I mean, it's not like a quiet place yeah. to where you have to not make a sound. or mm-hmm. You know, it's not like fucking uh, Bird Box. Oh, whatever. my God. We're not talking about that movie. Quack Box. No. Stupid Box. Um, to where you can't look at them or whatever and that kind of stuff. They are just, they're just around. And it seems that they can lay their offspring in like corpses because they find a corpse and huh. something something pops out of its chest, and of course, it's like a baby version of one of those things, yeah. which, like I said, looks like a mixture of like Alien. a monster and a squid, yeah, and that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so they're running away from these monsters, and they basically the only thing they can do is because everything <laughs> is falling apart, is they have to walk at the on the bottom of the ocean to this other base that was basically stranded, and you don't know why, but you kind of can learn that it was basically maybe something something's been going wrong for a while with this drilling operation. Yeah. They've known that they've hit something and something has awoken. Yeah. And it's like really kind of undercover. Yeah. And so the whole I, I felt like they they I thought the whole thing of them being that deep underwater was gonna be way more claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. But it really didn't it didn't hit me like something like let's say the descent. For anyone who's seen that movie about being in a cave, that's kind of one of the most is perfect super, horror movies. I love yeah. that movie. Um, at that point where they're walking across the ocean floor, that's kind of where I checked out. I was like, nope, fuck this. <laughs> this is not something that I want to like ever experience in my life. Like, because what the ocean is like seven levels of you know, and it, when you get to the most bottommost level of the ocean, mm-hmm. it's pitch black oh pitch like, black yeah you don't know what the fuck is around you and you unless you have a light and i don't think i'd even want to turn on that light honestly well, i don't want to yeah, know what around exactly me. that's with them in the light they were kind of like do we turn on the light do we even want to <laughs> yeah because they're all freaking out and what i loved about it too is once um they're wearing really high pressure suits but if any of their suit gets um gets a hole in it they immediately explode and you actually do see a couple people just straight up just boom explode from the pressure um oh, shit. yeah within the movie and that I, kind of thing. I, yeah, I mean, with it, like the movie, I feel like if you love creature features, see this. Mm-hmm. If you love Lovecraft, see this. Yeah. Because, you know, before I was hoping that I was going to go in the Lovecraft direction because, you know, this plays into the whole idea of the deep ones. Because um, the people that, that, uh, that are followers of Mother Hydra and Dagmar and that kind of stuff, and then Cthulhu and that kind of thing. Um, they obviously found another type of living species there. And then as the movie progresses, they get to the other base and the site, the actual site of yeah, the drill. Of the original, right? Yeah, well, where the drill was, yeah. where the actual drill was, because something something was big enough to knock the drill away yeah. off, of, off of where it was. Mm-hmm. And that's when you see the great old one himself. And what I love about this is that the director himself, William Eubank, confirmed that is Cthulhu confirmed it he was on it he was on a um episode of I forget what YouTube channel was but it was on a couple of things mm-hmm. to where he did confirm yes that is Cthulhu yes this confirmed. is what I was going for case closed case closed Cthulhu <laughs> Cthulhu, Cthulhu. Yeah. um which I think is awesome because you don't really see Cthulhu that much but he is supposed to be a shadowy kind of figure yeah and the only time that you can really distinguish that it's him is because like i said spoilers for the end of the movie um kristen stewart's character ends up ends up only being with two other people that are still alive and those are a couple like a new couple that really love each other and she gives them the stuffed bunny to make sure that they make it mm-hmm. and then she gives them the last two escape pods yeah or the last escape the third pod. one the last Two. Last two was because there was three, and one of them uh, was malfunctioned. It was yeah, one of them was malfunctioned, so she gave them the last two, and she knew that she was going to blow the the of course nuclear reactor yeah. that was going to was at this station um, to try and kill all these things. Because yeah. as soon as she sent the 
the two escape pods, Cthulhu sent his minions uh, to go. And sperm after sperm children. Yeah, the sperm children, or the, the Ursulas, the skinny Ursulas, as I'll call them. Um, <laughs> don't shake your head at me. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not a crime to say that someone is of that. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we have her shaking her head over here. I mean, just for the record, I love Ursula. Uh, I'm not myself that skinny of a person. I've, I've taken too many trips to Flavortown. <laughs> you know, but I'm just pointing out that these the, their shape is like Ursula. They have squid legs. Anyway. Guy Fieri, please sponsor us. Yeah, this is all we're asking for. Is basically I just want just, fries. Yeah, we just want, we're giving you so many shout outs because we just want some of that Flavortown. Um, but anyway, so Kristen Stewart ends up blowing up the station, and then you see Cthulhu running for it because obviously this is a huge near explosion. Mm -hmm. And that's when you see him in his full. Yeah, his wings, his tentacle face, his clawed hands, everything that he he is very, 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 very large. And um, you he people are saying he's destroyed and oh, you can't destroy Cthulhu with that. Da, da, da. Well, in the, the whole thing, if you read actual Lovecraft and that kind of stuff, Cthulhu got stopped just because a tanker crashed into him. OK, so <laughs> I think a nuclear explosion <laughs> is going to be OK enough to stop him this time, you guys. You, you know, sometimes we as nerds get a little bit fucking crazy and we can start saying things like, oh, you can't destroy what I love. And it's like, no, but sometimes for stories, you have to slow down. The good guys have to win sometimes. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, you do find out later on that basically the oil company or whatever company, uh, the, the whole credit scene is basically newspaper clippings. Yeah. And yeah. you see that they are obviously trying to cover up whatever happened there and that they're still going to continue drilling. Fucking shady. What would companies do? I mean, look at Enron. Yeah, it was, that was a giant oil spill, right? That no, happened. well, no. That Enron was the big energy company that they got. Oh bought. my god! Yeah, but oil spills in general. Yeah, I mean, of course they're like you know, but it's just it's but this is the room. well-being of people. Okay, listen, I don't I mean, care. This how, is literally dealing with an alien god. I don't care how like big of a political person I am, or or a fucking like giant business person I am. I just I couldn't deal to mess with people's well-being like i couldn't do that i really couldn't i mean i think that's the whole point the whole point about this is that corporate greed eventually woke up something that can potentially um you know the moral of this whole story is corporate greed led to waking something up that could potentially have worldwide repercussions and they didn't give a fuck i mean people died you know oh yeah of course i mean people died in that kind of thing but they just they could just explain it as a oops oopsie we, oopsie the thing something blew up nuclear explosion are bad you know, imagine if that's what they tried to do with fucking Chernobyl. How, but see, that, kind of that, that's funny to think because I mean, now you're going into my territory, the whole supernatural territory of how do we know that these things that happen aren't something way more unexplainable? We're on the other side of the world from Russia. We have no, we have no, we weren't there. We have no idea what happened. They're just, we just know what they told us. So yeah. what if it was Cthulhu? What if Chernobyl was Cthulhu? Cthulhu. <laughs> what or what if it was, um, you know, another like Haster? What if it was Shabnograf? What are I'm 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 naming old ones. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> Nathar the Hotep, the Mad God. Uh, yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking about HP Lovecrafting, which he has literally no idea about. No. So. Um, but underwater, it was a it was a fun little adventure. I do have to see. That's what I called it. Yes, a, a fun, fun little, little adventure. adventure. <laughs> it was a fun. <laughs> Which was it was literally people running for their lives underwater. But it, it was, was okay it was starring it starred my favorite nineties teen heartthrob, Kristen Stewart. Well, I have a little crush there on Kristen Stewart. Yes, her bisexual because, her bisexual is showing. I mean Joan Jett. Before, anyway, before we get uh, before we get into too much seat wetting over here, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you hate that term. I do. I, I I gagged. I almost gagged as I said. Comment right if you know where that's from. I, yes. we if you know friends where that's forever. From, yeah, friends forever. Sure, definitely love you. Yes. Seat wetting. <laughs> seat, well, once again, that's seat wetting. Wetting. Oh, oh, oh. okay. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, um, with that, um, I say go see Underwater. She gives it four out of ten. If I had to give it something, just because of my love for Lovecraft, it's probably making me biased. <laughs> I would probably give it about an eight point five out of ten. Okay, that's. I mean, that would be a good rating for you, I believe. There anyway, thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to comment or you know send any suggestions, we have an email. 
It is in our Instagram profile, the Outcast Broadcast on Instagram. And we also now have a Twitter. Yeah, which, which is, is the um, you can search the Outcast Broadcast. Twitter has a limit on characters for their names. So we are actually Outcast Broad Pod. Um, the link will also be on the Instagram. That way you can have easier access. Yeah, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or yes. Spotify, whatever you're listening on. I know that we have a good, we actually have a good amount of things that we're on now. So. Yeah, um, and that will have a link tree on link on the Instagram. That way, all the links to wherever you want to listen to your preference will be listed down below. And that way, you're uh, you can share with your friends all the tales about Ghost Poop and Flavor Town. Flavor Town. Well. Yeah, I cannot believe our legacy is going to be Flavor Town. Every town Cthulhu, baby. <laughs> anyway, this is Scully. And the Count. Uh, have a great Sunday. See you next week. <laughs>